Welcome to the Lead with Empathy podcast. I am your host, Holly Logan, and here we are going to have meaningful and hopefully some fun conversations about motherhood, parenthood, illness, disease, physical and mental wellness, nutrition, and beyond. And as the title implies, we lead here with empathy. With that said, let's dive into the episode. Welcome back to Lead with Empathy. Today, I bring you Erin Rose, who is the mom to three littles. She homeschools. She's a stay-at-home mom. But I got connected to Erin on a Facebook group, and we decided to have a chat about the good and the beautiful and the raw feelings of motherhood. Unfortunately, we had to reschedule so many times. We called it like our coffee chat. We finally got to sit down, and this went a lot of places I did not expect it to. But we talked about the true emotions of motherhood, which can both be wonderful and difficult, and it's okay to recognize both. Erin went through a loss, so she was going through a lot, and I don't think people understand sometimes that being home all the time with your kids is absolutely wonderful. We are so grateful for it. But then at the same time, you don't really get any space. And when working mothers have their own struggles, I've done both, so I totally understand, but we don't get space. And here she was navigating this really hard loss and also needing to balance a home and balancing with working with her kids. And it was just really great to sit down and make sense of emotions together and discuss the emotional roller coaster that is motherhood. She also co-authored a book and had inserted her story into this book with an author which I think is wonderful. We talk about that as well. She has her own podcast, which will be linked in the show notes. So just an opportunity to kind of listen in on two moms talking about the good, the beautiful, the raw of motherhood, the emotions, and how we personally have handled some of those emotions. I know people probably see all over social media practicing gratitude. I know that sounds like such a silly thing, but it really has changed for, it sounds like for Aaron and for me, I know it has made a huge difference in my life at different times. So we just talk about those little pieces of motherhood and I hope you enjoy our conversation. With that, let's welcome Aaron to Lead with Empathy. Welcome. Um, even though we've already been chatting, uh, you sent me some information about yourself and I did an intro for my audience, but I wanted to give you an opportunity to introduce yourself and I'd love for you to share how you pivoted in life after going through a difficult loss because you shared that with me in an email. So I thought that was important to share. Yeah, no, thank you so much for having me. I, we finally were able to connect, so I'm really excited. And uh, so my name is Erin Rose. I'm from northern Vermont, very rural area. I have three littles. At the time right now, they're seven, five, and almost three. I homeschool my two oldest and a full-time stay-at-home mom. was a former physical therapist assistant and just decided I wanted to stay home with my kids after my first one was born. So I pretty much have just embraced the mom life of staying home. And you mentioned pivoting in where I was going and what happened. So I'm pretty open about I had a miscarriage about nine months ago. I'm finally at the point where I can talk about it without just bawling my eyeballs out, where that took me a while. And so I think what brought me to the pivoting and deciding to start a podcast and just share that message was the pregnancy was not expected. So there wasn't a lot of joy. Just being very honest and open with everyone about that is that it was more of a panic mood. <laughs> we have three kids. We thought we were done. I was moving into that season of finally being like, yes, I'm not breastfeeding. I'm not pregnant. My littlest one can finally do stuff for herself a little bit, not being in that constant survival mode. And then I found out I was pregnant. And so there was not joy in the first couple of weeks. It was like, we need a new car. We need a bigger house. How are we going to do this? And then after that, it was, okay, we started to build the excitement and then I had the miscarriage. So going through that was something I had never experienced before. I have experienced loss in my life, but never on that level. And so I really took a step back 
from everything, social media, everything for about a month and just really sat. And I tried to focus on dealing with those feelings. My kids actually got sick. So the miscarriage happened on a Friday. I was going through it on a weekend. All three of my kids got sick on Sunday night. Well, of course. (laughs) So physically, while I was going through this, my husband had to go back to work on Monday. So I was still physically dealing with it while my kids were sick and still having to take care of other people. And so in that moment, I just remember thinking, I wish I could just leave for a week and just deal with this and then come back and just carry on with life. And obviously you can't do that because you're a mom and people still need you. But it was in those moments of allowing myself to feel those feelings and sit in that and really have to deal with that, which I don't think I've ever had to do, kind of just like push it away. And when I came back, I was really kind of like, do I share this? Do I not share this? This is something that's super vulnerable. I don't know if I really want everybody knowing this happened to me. And I live in a very small town. So if I share this on like Facebook, I'm going to be running into people in the grocery store and at the bank and they're going to know everything. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't know if I was prepared for that, but I am in a coaching program, Impact Coaching Program with Kathy Callahan. And I was talking to my mentors and I said, you know, should I let people know that why I've stepped away for a month and and does anybody really miss me? And they're like, you don't owe anybody anything. You know, you don't have to explain. And if you want to, you can. And so the only way I can explain it is that I just felt this calling in my heart to share this so that other people would know they're alone. Because in those moments, I felt very alone. You know, there was a couple of people that really checked in on me, especially my mom. You know, she she had a miscarriage, so she knew what it was like. But in those moments, I'm like, where is the community? Where is everybody? And it was very lonely. And and then I was finding after I, a couple of months, it was almost like you were expected to just be back to normal. And how do you go back to normal after something like that? And so I went public on my Facebook page and just shared, you know, what I've been going through, my journey. And I did not expect the response that I got. It was insane. People were messaging me and just telling me, you know, they had been through it too. They'd never talked about it. They don't talk about it because they don't feel like they can talk about it. And just the support that I felt. And I was so thankful because I felt like God had just called me to share this to help other people. And so it was in that moment that I was like, this is what I need to do. I need to share the raw, real moments of motherhood. I need to share with people that you're not alone. And we don't all have to pretend like we have it all together because, I mean, I went to the grocery store in this happened in March and I went to the grocery store in July before Fourth of July. I was having like a a rough emotional day and I saw someone that knew me that had been seeing what had happened on Facebook and she gave me a hug. She was a former teacher, gave me a hug and I started bawling my eyes out. And I just remember being like, I'm in the grocery store, bawling my eyes out, walking through the aisles, like trying to gather myself together. And there was a family party on my husband's side that same day. And when I got back, they were asking me to come over. And I was like, "I I mentally cannot do this right now. But people were expecting me to just be normal. And I'm like, I'm struggling like right now. Today is a hard day. And so I just said, you know, I can't right now. I'm going to take some time for myself. But it was just very clear to me that women tend to feel alone if you're having a lot of emotion. You don't feel supported. And we all feel so much pressure as moms to just have it together and be perfect. And so it was in that moment, I just truly feel like it really built my faith. And I just felt called to share that and say, you know, it's okay to not be okay. It's okay. And you don't have to have it all together. As long as you're moving forward, that's okay. 
That was really raw. Thank you for sharing because I haven't experienced a miscarriage. I worked OBGYN. My second nursing job was a third, I guess, technically, was a private practice OBGYN. And I did a ton of triage nursing. And it was so it was a lot of like ectopic pregnancy and miscarriage and a lot of those hard conversations. But I didn't personally have not gone through a miscarriage. So I can't fully empathize of what it, what it's like. But I did go through postpartum depression with my particularly with my first. And there is this I've heard this from other women to this degree of loneliness and almost this like even when my son, we I remember sitting outside like in a beautiful day and he's like happy and playing with a ball and just happy, happy. And my face was just like flat. And I'm like, is this really what yeah. I'm supposed to feel? And it's hard because you're supposed to be so joyous and so happy. And I'm sure there were people when I had someone on my podcast who had experienced a, a loss. I'm sure there were people who were like, did anyone ever say to you like, well, at least you have your other three? Yes. And I know they don't mean it to be no. rude. I've made mistakes that I've said things to people like that. And I try to be much more cautious, but it is hard when we're supposed to carry on this face of happy all the time and joyous and strength and all. And you had your three other kids to still care for and homeschool. You homeschool them and carry on a house and all those things you have to continue to do. It was, I mean, I feel like a lot of women have said the same thing to me that you just feel like you're supposed to, even after you have a baby, I felt this even after my first two. And I think after having my third, I finally it like clicked with me. This is my third and I was just a lot more strong in motherhood. So I didn't I didn't feel so much pressure. But you just feel like after, you know, the first maybe six months, you're supposed to, like you said, be joy, be happy. You know, you should have it together. You shouldn't be emotional. And it's like, that's not real life. Your hormones are still going all over the place. I mean, for me, I was like, my hormones were all over because now my body had been pregnant and now it wasn't pregnant. So now it's trying to get back to normal on top of dealing with a grief. And then it was and a lot of people would say, then I understand because I think, you know, I don't know if I've said this to anybody, but now that you've gone through it, you don't mean to say things that hurt, hurt people because you've never gone through it. So mm -hmm. you just don't realize what it sounds like. But people would say to me, oh, at least it was a little bit early, at least. And it's like, that was still a life to me. That was still, a, you know, a heartbeat. That was still, so that doesn't take away that, you know, I lost a child that I never got to hold, but it was, I know they were saying it to comfort me, but I was just like, why would you say that? Yeah. Yeah. And I, again, that's where, like, I think about the times that I said the wrong thing and I know in my heart, I didn't mean it in that way, right. but we just, we just, you just don't, don't, you just don't know. And I think the other hard thing, I don't know if you see this through your podcast and social media and talking with people, but it's also finding that balance of we want to speak the raw of motherhood and the honesty. And yet I don't want us to become consumed by that. I think there are some accounts on social media that almost make motherhood seem so hard. And that's just it, that motherhood is hard and that there's no positive light to it. And then if you show the positive light, then people call it toxic positivity, that it's just, you know, isn't it interesting that there's this very like opposite. And so sometimes when people are trying to share the beauty and et cetera of motherhood, then they've got the people coming at them saying that that's just toxic positivity. And I always draw myself to those conversations because they're, why can't we, it be both? You know, when our, when our kids get sick, for example. 
those are the hardest to me anyway, sometimes the hardest times when our kids are sick. And so the raw, uncomfortable, hard moments are like all of my children are throwing up at the same time in my house. (laughs) My house is a disaster and the house smells and I just want to burn it down and start over again. But, But the beauty is that we are there as their mothers to care for them when no one else can. And and I don't think that's toxic positivity to say that. Like, it's just a mindset. And so is that something on your podcast and in your work, in your life, is it the mindset piece for you that you think has also helped you in both your grieving and your business? Definitely, because I, I noticed that after, it's exactly what you said, is that you have those people that are just totally motherhood. Everything is wrong with motherhood. <laughs> and it's everything is amazing and you shouldn't feel this way and you should be thankful for all this stuff. And I agree. I'm like, why can't it just be in the middle? Like you can have those moments where you're like, this sucks. And you can say that this sucks and I don't enjoy this and I'm not going to miss this part of it. But yeah, the mindset was huge for me because it was hard. I mean, You can stay in those moments of grief. And I'm not saying I'm still over it yet. I'm not completely out of it yet because it hasn't even been a year. But it just is that mindset of this is hard. This is something that is not enjoyable. But let me take a moment and feel that feeling. You have to sit in it and feel that feeling. That's, I think, the biggest thing is allow yourself to feel like this sucks. (laughs) I don't enjoy this. I'm in a bad mood. And let yourself feel that for like 10, 15 minutes. And then take a breath and then think in your mind, what can I be thankful for? Even if it's just the littlest thing or, you know, my kids were driving me nuts yesterday (laughs) and we're all coughing and sneezing. And I was like, Oh, you know, this this is really hard and I really don't enjoy this, but I am thankful that I get to be home where they can wipe their bookers all over me and we're not, you know, having to go somewhere and they can just recuperate and rest when they need to. But the mindset is huge because you can allow yourself to feel those feelings, but just not staying stuck in them is just moving through that. And that's what I think someone said to me, how did they put it? You can stay in those feelings, but you need to walk through them. And not allow them to just follow you all day long and around. And it's hard. It's hard. I'm not saying I'm perfect at it, but. No, it's that's a great idea, though, a great concept, because my next question was where do women start when they're starting to feel like the loneliness or the hard times or overwhelmed, consumed, et cetera. You know, where you sound like you started with really sitting with those emotions which is harder than it, it seems, yeah. I, I remember. And sometimes I still do. But I, what I was remembering is some social media group, some woman who is a stay-at-home mom asking how to deal with her three-year-old who's just saying constantly, mama, 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 mama. And how do you cope with that? And personally, I was shocked and very disappointed to see how much uh, there was laughter and joking in the comment section about wine. And people can say what they want, but it's just not my humor to joke about mommy wine culture. And also, that's not coping. And I didn't comment, but I wanted to say something along the lines of like, sometimes you just have to sit and sit with how hard it is. And but also that your child is giving you cues that they're not maybe getting the attention from you that you think you're giving them. And is that because you are overwhelmed as a stay at home parent and you're not giving time to yourself or what are you filling your time with? Like, 
Are you scrolling social media when you're saying like, oh, I need mommy time? Is that because you're scrolling social media and Netflixing versus like reading and showing gratefulness? And like, I think that as women, we also need to stay at home parents or not evaluate how we use our time and gratefulness, like you said. Being thankful in those moments seems like such a minuscule toxic positivity type tool, but it truly does in those moments shift your mindset. Um, So I wanted you to, if you had thoughts on that, what the mindset piece and how you got there to the point of you could sit there and think about your emotions and then keep walking through them. That was not easy for me. (laughs) It just made, yeah, Ariana's, that was not easy for me. I thought I was pretty good at it, but when I went through the miscarriage, um, it was very apparent that, so I'm a physical mover. I have to work out. I have to move my body when I'm dealing with things. And so my kids were sick and I bring it all back to that because that is really where it shifted me to figure out how to deal with things when I can't do certain things to help me. My kids were all sick and I physically could not move my body in the way that I normally would to get rid of those feelings or to work through those feelings. You know, I would be like sweat session, like just go bust it out, like go for a run, whatever. And I couldn't do that. And it was all these emotions just going through me. It was just the the oddest thing of just all these emotions that would just come in just waves. And I was like, I don't like this. <laughs> I don't like it at all. But I had to sit down. And it was honestly just for me being like, it's okay to feel that feeling. You have to be okay with it and say, you're not wrong. It's not wrong of you to feel this way. You're a human being. You're not a robot. So you're going to have that feeling. And if you're angry, be angry. Sit in that for a minute and let that anger come and just say all the things that you're angry about and shout and whatever. If you're by yourself, don't hold it in. And if you can't be by yourself, you know, think think it. Think those angry things and then take a breath and just try to focus on your breathing. But the big thing for me was I had to focus on my breathing and then really, again, just try to think of something that is good in my life. And it could have been just in that moment because I was struggling with thinking of that. It's just I'm able to be outside right now. I'm able to go for a walk. Physically, I can go for a walk right now and I couldn't do that three days ago. It's just very much be okay with feeling your feelings and feel them. So you don't push them away because I think a lot of women, I mean, speaking just from personal experience and talking with a lot of moms, we tend to just push them away because we feel like we can't have them. Like You can't be you can't feel overwhelmed because look at your beautiful life or look at everything that you have. And you can't feel angry because look at the example that you're setting for your kids. And it's like, but you're a human being. So how do you not feel those feelings? I think it's more healthy to teach your kids. I'm having this feeling. This is what you do when you have that feeling. And this is how I work through that. And that's what I'm really trying to teach my kids, especially my oldest. She's a little more emotional. And I'm like, okay, it's okay to feel angry. Let's sit, let's breathe, feel it. And then, you know, it's okay to be upset, but we're not going to be mean while we're upset. So let's go, you know, you got to go punch your pillow, go punch your pillow. Like through that, don't just shove it away and be told you can't be angry because that doesn't help them. What if what if you get into a situation where you're angry and you don't know what to do with that emotion? You know, and that's for me, it was very much 
just eye-opening of, wow, okay, I have all these feelings and now I have to figure out how to deal with them in the appropriate way. <laughs> and it's funny that we, it's now become like gentle parenting or whatever you want to call it, um, respectful parenting, all these terms, that it's so accepted now or in terms of like, it's discussed way more than it ever was. And yet we teach it to our kids and then we don't do the same for ourselves. <laughs> what I was thinking about as you're saying that, and I don't remember where I got this from, this is just me, but I don't always like to slap a label on like, yes, I had postpartum depression. If you wanted to diagnose me, sure. Right. But I don't really go by diagnosis because to be a diagnosis code is also like for insurance reasons. And I, that's a whole other topic, but I don't, well, yeah. I, I, I don't always believe in like everything has to have a diagnosis. It's mm -hmm. when you, when you're feeling certain emotions as a mother or as a parent or as a person in general, is the feeling that you're having appropriate for the events that happened? So for you, you experienced loss of your child. The normal, I guess, normal emotion is grief and sadness and frustration and anger, et cetera, et cetera. Overwhelmed because you have either other kids. They make sense. It all makes sense. And I think sometimes we don't sit with our emotions enough to say, is this normal or expected based on the event? We almost feel guilty or et cetera, et cetera, for having even these emotions. But I always try to remind myself with myself or my kids, is it appropriate for like what that event is? Now, if you are anxious and depressed because of something that is very minuscule, I'm, I'm trying to think of something off the top of my head. And that emotion doesn't match the event, then that, that is different. And I'm not against, like, I love counselors. I've had many counselors in my life. And sometimes those are the resources and things that people need. But it's sometimes just taking a moment to be like, is, I'd, I'd see even myself, like, Holly, is this appropriate for what's going on? Yes, it is. Most of the time it is. And even just understanding that is like a moment of relief. And so yeah. it sounds like you were kind of doing that in your head too of like, well, Aaron, I just went through a big loss. Like it's okay to feel these feelings. I'm not going to let them consume me, but they are appropriate. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's the biggest thing is that, you know, like you said, is it appropriate for the event that happened where if someone is, you know, just blowing up over little things, then okay, you need you need to look a little deeper and see what's really bothering you and see what's going on because that can be something that needs to be dealt with. And I noticed, obviously, after all this happened, and I was just physically and mentally exhausted, I noticed I was getting more easily upset at my kids. And, you know, I had to take a step back and say, after the third glass of water that had been dumped all over the carpet, and I'm getting upset, I'm like, why is this triggering me so much? Because I'm exhausted. I'm mentally, I'm exhausted. I'm hearing my name all the time and I haven't had a moment to process. Like today, I'm feeling really sad. And so I would have to step back and be like, it has nothing to do with a glass of water. It has everything to do with the fact that I'm feeling this way today. And again, sitting in that mode, I feel sad because this date triggered. This is when the miscarriage started. Or this is when I found out I was pregnant or it's leading up to those days where, you know, I, I went through the miscarriage. And so it's really, like you said, is it appropriate to have those feelings? Because it, it is if it's a, you know, you're going through that. And if you are feeling like you're getting upset all the time over these little things, then again, you have to look inside and be like, is there stuff I'm not dealing with? Because now it's coming out in every every which way. And how I'm coping and what I'm using for, you know, coping skills. Because when I am feeling that way, am I sitting and scrolling social media, which is not probably going to help. And I say that, I say that with understanding of sometimes people like sit 
to just scroll and have their mind be mindless. But now, I mean, everything that we learn about the the mindness of social media and what it does to our brains, I think we have to go back to almost like our roots of like reading, journaling. Did you like during this time, did you journal? I want to go a little bit into like your creativity because it sounds like you kind of pulled your creativity from your loss as well. And that helped you. Oh yeah, for sure. So I don't even remember how I co-authored with Kimberly Olson. I remember seeing her. So she was doing Facebook lives and she was doing all this stuff about how you could be an author. And and I just remember thinking, oh, that's cool. Maybe someday, you know, because it'd be neat to write a book someday. And I always enjoyed writing. And then it just kept coming up. I would see it in my scrolls and and I was getting emails. And so they had sent out an email. And so it was literally two days before the deadline. And I can't explain it to you. And I've said this to a lot of people before. It just makes me laugh because I feel like, you know, there is a plan and a purpose to everything. I truly believe that. And I saw this email and I hadn't really considered writing. And so I was like, what the heck? And I just pushed the button and I you had to submit like maybe a paragraph or more of what you would write about. And I just wrote about pivoting in my loss. And I was just very, it was just coming at me. <laughs> this is how I felt, what was going on and pivoting from, you know, this direction to now this is what I want to do. And I submitted it and I literally in my head went, okay, God, if this is what you want, then just make it happen because I don't think this is going to happen. And the next morning I woke up and it was like, you've been picked for the book, blah, blah, blah. You have to submit this. And I was like, what? I was jumping (laughs) across the kitchen. I'm like, oh my gosh. And so I wrote in that it was all about it because she was like, you can write about your miscarriage. You can write about because she goes, that's a huge moment in your life that made you pivot in what direction you wanted to go in your life. And so I wrote about that and just dealing with it. And I was like, okay, this is pretty awesome. And it, it almost, it was definitely a healing for me to put that out on paper and see the words and like cry through it as I was writing it. Because just seeing the words and then thinking it and writing it, just it, it allows you to just release it. And so it was very much something that was needed because I think it was maybe a month, almost two months after it had happened. So it was very healing in that way. And then that's basically what it just went from there. And then I chatted with one of her people and they were like, I think you should do a podcast. And I was like, I don't know how to do a podcast. I've never done one. She goes, I think you should do a podcast. (laughs) So it was very much just doing stuff scared and just using, you know, obviously pivoting and feeling called to just share that. I mean, that it really helped me to release all those emotions and know that even if I can just help one mom to feel not so alone and just be able to understand that there's nothing wrong with you for feeling emotions. And if you've been through this, there's nothing wrong with you for feeling like you are feeling these emotions, but let's not stay stuck in it because it can steal that joy from you. And so the writing was definitely something that helped. And I never really journaled, but I tried to start because I think I was always afraid people would find it. (laughs) I'm like, these are my personal thoughts. I don't want anybody to know if you're having a bad day. But I, I think writing definitely is something that helps just get that out there and letting your body let go of it. You have to. And I think there's almost this idea, like not everyone has to start a podcast or a blog or share things. Like not everyone has to, just because you write these things down in a journal doesn't mean they ever have to be shared. But having spoken to so many women who have had, say, traumatic, they've had either miscarriages or losses or traumatic births even. 
there's something very like when I've written about my or shared about in the past about like my deliveries or aspects of pregnancies or whatever it has been like dealing with like my kids tongue tie issues and all of these things there is something therapeutic about sharing and connecting but for everyone it doesn't that doesn't mean it has to be public it's just that sometimes putting those thoughts down I just think journaling probably feels like such a middle school, like my boyfriend (laughs) broke up with me and or didn't, you know, didn't share my lunch with me today type topic, but it really can help so many people just to express yourself. I think we've lost a little bit of that expressive creativity. And I'm not the most creative person. I so told you that as we were chatting before, I'm very much a do calculus all day long person. But I think sometimes there's this like beauty and creativity of being able to express ourselves and Yeah, there was a study done too, I think. I can't remember what it was, but it said it just mentally how much it helped you because when you physically write those words and then you see those words on paper, it just psychologically, it just, it it clicks with you. I'm trying to get back into it. I think if if it's just a quick one, like a five minute thing, then that's easier. Obviously, as moms, we're like, I don't have time to do that, but it's like a five minute thing. Like today, I'm grateful for this. And, you know, this is what I want to try to do better tomorrow and kind of just going from there. And so before we end to, I want to give you a chance to talk about, so the book and I put in the intro that you wrote it. So you have your own blurb in there or how many, is it several chapters or? A chapter. So 39 women, including myself and wow. chapter of basically just pivoting in direction of your business. And so that is where, where it's at. And it was pretty, it was really surreal, I think, to see like my picture in the end of it. And then just that little blurb about me, because in my head, I'm like, and just being very honest, I was like, am I using this to, you know, for my gain as far as like the miscarriage? And so I had to really deal with that too, because I'm like, no, I'm not using this to get, you know, publicity and all this stuff. I'm sharing my story. But that was a moment that I had to deal with when I actually saw this in print. It was really hard for me to read it. I honestly didn't read it for almost a month because I couldn't because it was so raw. But After I did, I was like, oh, man, I feel like am I using this to move myself forward? Is it? And I had to deal with that and be like, no, because your intentions were to just share this and share. You know, we have horrible things that happen to us. And in motherhood, it's so hard sometimes. But just you can find the joy and there is light at the end of the tunnel. And that's why I shared it. And so after I I dealt with that. I was like, okay, dealing with more emotions. <laughs> <laughs> but but like that guilt creeps back in. It's just when you were saying like, oh, I always feel guilty about these emotions. Now I'm having guilt about sharing my story because is this for personal gain, et cetera. It's that guilt piece of motherhood that I just find also intriguing because we carry guilt. Like if you're a stay-at-home mom, a working mom, like guilt, 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 guilt. And I think that's where, again, the journaling and the gratefulness and those things that seem the gratitude that seems so simple can be so helpful. What is your podcast and where can people find you too? I wanted to give you that opportunity. Thank you. I'm like, it's weird to say this. Like I have a podcast. <laughs> it is the uh, Dear Mama, You're Going to Find Your Joy Again. You can find it on Spotify or Apple. And it's just all about, you know, we're not perfect as moms. We don't have to be perfect. And it's okay to not be perfect. It's okay to not have your yourself together. And it's just basically all about learning from motherhood and having that encouragement that Maybe we messed up, but here's how we can do it better. 
or there's no judgment on, you know, there's an episode in there. I think my very first one was, am I messing up my kids if I yell at them? Because I had been going through the miscarriage and, you know, you're raising your voice to your kids. And it was like, uh, some people had messaged me and said, thank you for that, because I feel like I am messing up my kids if I raise my voice to them. You know, you just you have those days where you just raise your voice. And and I had mentioned how my daughter and I just we connected in that moment of saying, you know, it's hard some days. And she was like, Mom, it's hard to not yell and scream when I get upset. And I was like, me too. You know, me too. But we were able to have a dialogue about how she felt and connecting with her. And in that episode, I had said, you know, like it, the biggest thing is just connecting with your kids. It is just all about that connection and keeping that connection in so it's just about really, you know, the the raw, the real, but also trying to look for that joy in motherhood in those hard days. And sometimes in the hard days, it can just be as simple as like, oh, I have really pretty nails. Like my thing is like I have cute nails, I have a cute shirt and I have a hot cup of coffee. Like if you have your nails done, it, that just brings me joy. Just simple little things like that bring me joy. And it, it doesn't have to be anything big or crazy. It can just be those simple moments. So, well, thank you so much again. I'm so glad we're finally we're able to connect and chat. And I know it's hard because with your kids, my kids and all of it together. But thank you guys for coming on. <laughs> so glad. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening in today. And I hope you'll be back. Stay curious, stay humble and always lead with empathy. Please also take a moment to share this episode with someone, this podcast, write a review or comment on my latest Instagram post at Holly Logan underscore help. Thank you. Have an awesome day.